What is up, everyone? Welcome back to the Longview Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. Uh, today's episode was recorded in the Spotify Green Room app, just talking about the trade deadline, what it means for the state of the Grizzlies right now, the current vibes, and uh, the moves uh, looming ahead, potentially. And But before that, uh, first off, uh, make sure you are checking out everything from Grizzly Beer Blues on Twitter at SBNGrizzlies or at GrizzlyBearBlues.com. We've had a massive day. Uh, Brendan Smartbrook, a very huge uh, 2K League trade with Grizz Gaming. Brandon Abraham was live in South Haven for the Hustle game. And we have four new hires, um, Bryson Wright, Matthew Gill, Andrew Katz, and Owen Hewitt. So all just rising stars in this game. I'm excited to add them to the team. And we had trade deadline coverage as well. Pretty solid. Really just Glad to be a part of the GBB team. So make sure you are following along with all of us. Make sure you are subscribing to the Grizzly Beer Blues Podcast Network as well, where you can get every single episode of the Longview Podcast, GBB Live, the 3D Podcast, and the Starting Five Podcast. And so before I get to the green room, uh, as you probably know, the Grizzlies didn't do anything at the trade deadline. Not even a Jared Culver trade, not an Xavier Tillman trade, and not a uh, Kyle Anderson trade either. Just nothing. They just stuck with this current team. Uh, Zach Kleiman and Taylor Jenkins, they just love the makeup of this team and they want to see what it, it, it can do going forward because they they have a quote-unquote limitless ceiling. So yeah, let's just see what that's about. Um, I didn't want them to just make a move to make a move. I mean, they could have. Um, everything that we kind of, I kind of wanted them to just like opportunistic buying. Like if a Kyle Kuzma came on the trade market or Josh Hart, uh, Luke Kennard, um, any of the Indiana wings that uh, ended up actually getting dealt in the Sabonis Halberton trade, uh, whether it was uh, Justin Holiday, Jeremy Lamb, or uh, Tory Craig, who went to Phoenix. Any of those guys would have been good, but I'm glad they didn't force it. I really like this team. I hope you all do too. But let's get to the Spotify Green Room app. It was a very cool discussion. Sorry, Nate, I messed that up for you. I, I had two Nates in there, and I had to take one out. Well, so, Nate. How you doing? I'm sorry. I am doing great. I'm glad that I was your preferred Nate. I don't get to hear that too often. But yeah, I hope I wasn't leaving you monologuing by yourself for too long. I know I promised I'd be a part of this. And I'm kind of a bad friend and I'm a little bit late to the party. But you know what? That's okay. There is grace and forgiveness. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Nate, we're, we're talking about the trade deadline here and how it was uh, rather inactive for the Grizzlies. Uh, I mean, they, they made no moves. There's very minimal rumors out there in the first place. I, I think uh, Jake Fisher of Bleacher Report reported that the Grizzlies were looking for wing depth. And also had um, Mark Stein report they were looking for wing depth. And nothing. Nate, how do you feel? Yeah, you feel? Are, you, are you staying with the vibes? Yeah, yeah. I'm all about the vibes. And I told you yesterday that – ultimately this team has earned the right to not have the ship rocked in any type of meaningful way. Um, if you let, 
this team continue on and this rotation as it's currently constructed. If you let it go into the postseason and they end up falling short in the first round or the second round, you can sit back and you can say, well, you know, they were playing great. They earned this opportunity. Now we know what we need to address and what we need to fix. But if you had stepped in and done something somewhat meaningful, like trading Tyus Jones or going all in to try to trade for Jeremy Grant, and you still end up falling shorter in the playoffs than you thought you could have reached, that's when you look back and you can be self-critical and say, what if we hadn't have rocked the boat? What if we had not messed up the chemistry or vibes of this team in any way? So this was the safer route for sure. Um, the deals that were being floated out there, like I know uh, our site manager, Joe Millenax, really wanted Kendrick Williams to be the ninth man. Midrich Williams, as you know. Midrich Williams. Midrich Williams. Like at the end of the day, He's not addressing any need of the team. He's not a prolific enough of a shooter to address the Grizzlies' shooting issues. Um, he's not going to be getting any type of significant minutes to address any other major issues on the roster. And at the end of the day, it just felt like making a move to make a move. You can say that you did something and it's not really going to change the trajectory of this team one way or the other. So why do that? Trading Jarrett Culver or Kyle Anderson probably wouldn't mess up the vibe of this team. Well, what's even the point of doing it? And so the deadline passes, they didn't do anything, and you really can't find – if you're mad about this, then you're just looking for some reason to be mad about something, in my opinion. Nate, Kyle Anderson and trading him totally would have messed with the vibes. I mean, did you not see him hit the post-game gritty um, after they beat the Clippers by 30 points? Did you not see that? That totally uh, would have messed with the vibes. But, no, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, Zach Kleiman actually said in his uh, presser an hour after the uh, trade deadline, he said he's he just didn't want to make a move to make a move. And especially when you have, like – I'll give an example. You have a guy like – um, Jarrett Culver, and he makes a decent contract. And some some team, like maybe the Wizards, um, they they could have been like, look, uh, or a Portland, like, look, we're rebuilding for the rest of the season. We're basically tanking. Why not see what this 22, 23 year old guy can do? Who's six six wing can defend, expiring contract. You could probably bring it back for cheap. He's probably going to cost cheap to get. Why not? Why not just sell this guy off? But they're not just going to trade him just to trade him. And I, I think we've seen that in the past with the Grizzlies. I mean, last year they didn't just make a gorgy dang trade just to make a gorgy dang trade. And that that's what the Grizzlies did right now. And so um, uh, we actually have one of our new GBBers with us right now. We have Andrew Katz um, that has done some great stuff with the SB Nation blog for uh, Northwestern University. And so, Andrew, welcome. First time uh, chatting in this kind of way. Uh, I, I want your – for one, how are you doing? But two, what are your thoughts on like what the Grizzlies did over the trade deadline? Uh, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, I'm I'm glad the Grizzlies stayed pat. Um, I don't know what the validity were – the validity was to the rumors of the connection to Jalen Brown. But that's, that's the only big move I would have uh, liked them to make. But I don't, I don't think that was going to happen um, – uh, at this deadline, maybe in the off season, uh, just because of the fit that that could bring uh, next to Jaw and um, and Jaron. But I, 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 all about the vibes, and I, I don't think I can't think of one guy that you want to uh, take away. Um, I just think it's it's such a team effort. You know, yeah, we have um, you know 
an absolute superstar in Ja, but in terms of um, the team's record, I think it's clearly reflective of um, an overall uh, team performance. Yeah, for sure. It's it's with the vibes. And I, see, it's great. Andrew, you're already catching on. This is the Longview podcast. We're looking out. And the re- that's the reason why I wanted to have this specific podcast over a completely inactive deadline. I mean, the Grizzlies didn't do anything, and we're still talking about it because there are so many ways for which the Grizzlies could improve their roster. I mean, I, for one, am going to be writing about, you know, how how the limit of the Memphis Grizzlies is really going to be tested in the postseason. And that's when you kind of assess, okay, what do we need? Uh, we have this guy expiring. This guy needs an extension. We have three first-round draft picks, which they're not going to use three first-round draft picks. They're, they're just not. They have so – they already have so many prospects on this team already as is, like Zaire Williams. Uh, if you want to go deeper into the bench, you have Santi Altama, Xavier Tillman, Killian Tilly, uh, Tyrell Terry on a two-way. Like there, There's already a lot of prospects for a contending team. And who knows, that that person that they consolidate some stuff for could be a Jalen Brown. And we don't know that situation. There's, I, I think right now they did the right thing because I think there's going to be – just even more domino effects that come with uh, this, the next like eight months because the league is so wide open right now. And as I even talked with uh, Joe Molinax on last night's GDB Live, there's teams that are shedding money because of the money they lost in the pandemic. So we can start to see some just really some funky stuff. Like I'm talking about like the levels of Porzingis going to the Wizards and uh, the Halliburton and Saponis swap. I mean, it can get that funky. I mean, for first, I, Nate, I know we always appreciate some good Dallas Mavericks slander. Just the Porzingis trade. It's just a giant what the hell, right? Yeah, and I know I've become public enemy number one for Mavericks Twitter in the last two weeks, but the truth is I thought Porzingis was the linchpin of their entire defense, and even though I didn't think they were necessarily a top-five defense like they were ranked a couple weeks ago, Porzingis was their guy in the middle. His mobility was coming back in greater ways from his injury from two years ago, and he was somebody who really concerned me in a playoff setting because he had caused Jaron Jackson Jr. a lot of struggles, and the Grizzlies were simply struggling to score in the paint and period when he was on the court, and then they go and trade him. And I assume that Spencer Didwitty was a part of the trade package. I thought Kuzma may be coming back, that Kuzma was going to get worked into the deal. And Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans will be better players with a playmaker like Luka Doncic setting them up. But Bertans is a shooter who does nothing else, and he's not shot the ball well this season. He's shooting 33% from three. Spencer Dinwiddie has been worse than Tyus Jones this year. He's averaging 12 points and five assists a game while shooting 37% from the field. And you're telling me you're going to go get Goran Dragic off the buyout market and that's going to magically fix all your problems? If I were Luka Doncic, we should be seeing these same national articles that we saw for Zion Williamson talking about how the Pelicans are failing him. We need to see those same articles about Mark Cuban and Dallas for what they're doing to Luka because this is absolutely ridiculous. They played a style that was perfect for playoff 
basketball. They have a top five caliber player. They play in the mud. They're great de- defensively. If you told me they made it to the Western Conference Finals with Porzingis and Luka, I would not have been shocked. And then they go and pull this nonsense. For what? So you can have insurance if Jalen Brunson walks in free agency. You're going to trade away your second best player to make sure that you can get some return. If your third best player walks, this is the dumbest thing I have ever seen. This is dumber than Portland, the Portland Trailblazers trading Trevor Ariza and two first-round picks for Robert Covington two years ago, which I thought was the dumbest trade that I have seen in years. And I don't even like the Mavericks. I want the Grizzlies to beat them, but it legitimately makes me mad because what are these executives thinking? It's ridiculous. And it makes no. you appreciate Zachary Kleiman just a little bit more. You, you know, one, one thing I will say with that trade is like, you know what? Uh, Mark Cuban and Spencer Dinwiddie, apparently uh, Michael Wilbon said they hit it off over some NFTs. So like Ooh. maybe maybe Dinwiddie has some cool uh, NFTs that Cuban can get his hands on. And you know how they had like the Deshaun Stevenson, Michael Jordan comp and Deshaun Stevenson was coming into the league. That's, really- that, the equivalent of that is like Bertons to Porzingis, like, Bertons is basically like the poor man's Porzingis, and and I, I don't like using poor man's ones. I usually use poor man's comparisons when somebody actually stinks, and Bertons does. And I, I think the funniest clapback was uh, Chris Vernon had a uh, Dallas Mavericks fan in his mention, and uh, he replied back, quote, you traded an actual living human being for Davis Bertans, <laughs> and that was it. But uh, enough with Mavericks talk. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, get somebody who's been waiting a bit. We're going to get Sean Coleman, the the green room guru, the uh, trade root, uh, trade machine machine himself. Sean, no moves to the Grizzlies right now after the trade deadline. I know you've been working effortlessly and tirelessly for making trade machine content. Where, where do you stand? Are you okay? Like, are you just going back to the trade machine for uh, trades this off season? Where do you stand? Oh, I'm actually excited. And first off, hello to everybody. And uh, the, thanks for having me on Parker. Um, I'm excited for two reasons. Um, because by us making no moves, we have put ourselves, in my opinion, in a better position for potentially making the right move in the summer, but also through the moves that others have made, as we mentioned with Dallas, um, that they made, we also, by making no moves and letting others do the panic moves, we've held strong in a position while others probably have weakened their position that we may face in the first round. So I'll get to it real quick. For instance, we didn't trade Melton. We didn't trade um, a Kyle Anderson. We didn't trade a Tyus Jones. We, since we didn't make these moves, We're going to get a better opportunity now to see them on a different level, see them as we're trying to maintain a top three or four position. What roles, how important are players like a DeAnthony Melton, a Tyus Jones, a Kyle Anderson, even a Dylan Brooks, a Brandon Clark to that equation? That's the one thing that we're going to gain. Can DeAnthony Melton refine his shooting stroke along with Jaron Jackson Jr.? And that allow for you to support what Bain does and what Dylan does when they come back to give us enough three-point shooting that we're going to need in the playoffs. Can that be done internally? To what extent can it be done internally? And who's not contributing to that? Can they then be used to go out and make that big trade in the summer? That's the first thing that stands out to me. But now, if Denver or Dallas are the likely teams that we're going to be playing in the first round of the playoffs, Dallas just traded away the obvious 
player on Dallas to, besides Luka Doncic who gives the Grizzlies the most trouble. We struggled. We've shot 26% against Dallas in the four games we played them from three. How have we been able to overcome not being able to shoot the three this year? Offensive rebounds, getting points off turnovers, fast break, points in the paint. With Dallas having traded Kristaps, if they still make it tough on us shooting threes, we now have a much better likelihood of still being able to overcome that by producing in the paint offensive rebounds and getting turnovers as well. So that's the thing that it takes away from me. We already know the secret to beating Denver, at least if Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray are not where they need to be. Self-creation, defending and shooting the three. My opinion is, is that as much as I would have loved a move to have been made, we're going to get a better idea on a more important level what players on our team truly are important to us continuing to take the next step as a franchise, but also due to us standing pat and other teams making the move that they did, I do think in terms of our likely first-round opponents, we actually saw our chances of being able to defeat them and get a playoff series win this year. Yeah, absolutely. I I would honestly make an argument that because of the way Dallas plays and the the defensive strategy that they really had, where they basically put Porzingis, quote-unquote, on Adams and just had him in center field lurking around the rim, I think that's a bigger – I think, honestly, Porzingis neutralizes guys like John Morant and Jaron Jackson Jr. more than Rudy Gobert did in this past postseason. I think he would have had that kind of effect in a playoff series, and now the trajectory of that kind of changes. And uh, one pivot I do want to make here with a certain person that is uh, up here speaking is the draft aspect because now the Grizzlies didn't use any of those uh, first-round picks this, uh, this trade deadline to go make a move and now they're going to be going into the 2022 draft with three draft picks numerous options and somebody who has been relentlessly covering this draft even in the middle of blowout wins is isaac simpson uh so isaac uh, <laughs> for one how, how you doing but two just oh, what, what are your thoughts uh from this deadline especially from a draft perspective because they have the multiple uh avenues in which they could attack it i mean and Andrew and uh, had brought up a good point about Jalen Brown. Um, uh, there's avenues for blockbuster trades, avenues for moving up. So where, where do you stand on this now? Well, I think a, a day like today totally definitely emphasizes how great it is to have a, a smart and competent front office. I mean, so for so long, this Grizzlies franchise, you, you were worried about moves that they make. They were going to make the wrong moves. They were going to make the wrong draft picks. And I don't think that's the case anymore at all. I think now you can have full confidence that this front office is going to make the right moves because pretty much almost everything they did. I mean, there were some smaller things, uh, the, the Justice Winslow thing, uh, Marco Guterich, a uh, kind of things that kind of went wrong. But outside of that, I mean, they've come up aces and hit home runs in pretty much everything they did. And, I mean, you look at today, uh, they were in the catbird seat, so to speak. They weren't in a situation where they had to or necessarily needed to go out and make a move. I mean, there's obviously flaws in the roster. I mean, the three-point shooting – um, half-court offense, I guess, are, are issues with this team. But, I mean, you're third in the West, and nobody expected that coming into the season. I think most people were – I think I predicted 45 wins, and that was a half-glass full prediction at that point. I don't think anybody – most people weren't even saying 45. People said 40, 41. Or David Williams, that host of the Sports of the Grizzlies Ethos podcast with me, he predicted 41, and they're going to be close to those numbers at the All-Star break. So they were in a position that they didn't have to make a move – Throughout the week, I've kind of 
been having this conversation about hashtag team no trade. And, and my thing with that is it, it's fine. I mean, this team was, again, not in a position where they need to make a move. But I felt like a lot of people went a little bit too far with the we can't do anything because if we do anything, it's going to gonna mess this up. I just think as a front office of the organization, if there's – I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with listening. If there's something out there that you feel like made sense for this team, whether it was short-term or long-term or both, uh, I think both is kind of the optimal position that you're looking for. If there's anything that made sense for this team and made it better, I think you should explore this, that opportunity. I don't think you should just not do anything just to say, oh, well, if we bring this guy in, I mean, we're going to mess up what's going on. If you feel like as a front office it improved the team, I think you should go out and do that. But I have no problems with them not doing anything because, again, I think this team, and picking back off what Sean said, I think now that you haven't done anything, it gives you more time to evaluate the guys that you have on a roster now on a bigger stage. Uh, can they get out of the first round and win a first-round series, get into a second round? And I think that's going to tell you a lot about how you need to move going into the summer and going forward. Uh, so, I mean, I, again, I, I trust Zach Kleiman, Keen Kleiman, as we say, 100%. And I, and I think we're going to find out a lot more. And I think they're going to be able to evaluate, like I said, and make the right moves into the summer. And I think it's going to be a busy summer for this team. I think today's show, they're not making anything happen today. I think it's going to be extremely busy going forward. So I think it's going to be a, a fun summer for the Grizzlies. Hey, Isaac, who are your top prospects going into the 2022 NBA draft? Oh, uh, well, Grizzlies. Grizzlies specific. Yeah, I think the, the guy at the top of the list for me, and it is realistic, we're not talking about Jabari or anything like that because I don't think they're going to be in position to get him. But Keegan Murray out of Iowa is a guy that I, I love. I think you kind of look at long-term with Jaron possibly being being at the five. I think he's a, a perfect guy that can kind of be that stretch four, three, four, can do a lot of different things for you, can knock down the three. Um, And, and weird, weirdly, that's a lot of that in this draft. If you're looking for kind of that tweener, three, four, stretch four guy, this is the draft. The 2022 draft is that because there are a lot of guys like that. You're talking uh, another guy, Patrick Baldwin Jr., who I loved in high school. Numbers haven't been great at Milwaukee, but I still think he's one of those guys that you get him in the league and he's going to end up being a lot better than what his numbers show. I like him. Uh, Nikola Jovic uh, is, a, is a guy that I really like, uh, a foreign prospect. And, and, and all these guys kind of fit in that, that three, four, Mo guys that can shoot a little bit. Wendell Moore out of Duke is another guy I like. And look at that point guards. Ty Ty Washington, of course, um, is a point guard that has some size out of Kentucky. I like him. And I mean, you know, those are kind of the guys. E Montero um, is a guy at overtime elite point guard with some size I like. So those are kind of the the, the top uh, guys at the top of uh, my list right you're, now. You're, you're forgetting someone. I'm going to give you a chance. You're. Oh man, yeah. I mean, yeah. I forgot Kennedy. Now, yeah, Kennedy is a right. is a prospect that I like as well. If you you losing ties this summer. You got those three draft picks. I mean, there's a lot of different directions they could go to this. I mean, you could package those picks and move up and possibly get a guy like Keenan, Keenan Murray, like I talked about, or you could be looking to fill fill some positions if you lose Kyle and, and, and Tyus. So Kenny Chandler is a, is a guy I like, and, and definitely not anything wrong with bringing a hometown kid back to Memphis. Uh, number three yeah, on yeah. Isaac's big board. Kennedy Chandler, <laughs> number three on Isaac's big <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, Jordan James right behind him on that big board. Fulkerson at the top. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, hey. Y'all stop infiltrating this. Ah, shoot. I feel bad because the next guy I'm about to introduce was a, is a UT grad. Anyways, another new GVB here. You got Matt Gill. Gill, dude, what's going on? How you doing? Uh, first off, um, what what are your thoughts on this uh, very inactive deadline? Uh, do, you, do you think it's the right call? 
is is it right sticking with the vibes where do you stand here yeah thanks for having me first parker and uh glad to be joining gbb um yeah i'll get to the tennessee stuff in a second because i think that was really interesting what you guys were talking about but yeah, I think this may be the first team to not make a move at the trade deadline and kind of win the trade deadline, right? I mean, we saw a lot of teams kind of give up some things that had given the Grizzlies problems, Kristaps Porzingis being namely number one. I still don't really understand what the Mavericks' uh, long-term plans is for that. I don't see Dimwitty really helping this team out a whole lot. He was He's a shell of himself from before his knee injury. Uh, and I feel like it kind of takes him out of the Dragic running now with Jalen Brunson and Dinwiddie there, uh, unless they have already decided that they, they have no in, intent on extending Brunson into the future. So I think the Grizzlies made the right move, and I think you guys are right. They're definitely going – this, this postseason is going to tell us who's going to be on this team long term, and I think the summer is more so where they're going to start making some big moves, maybe take a big swing at a Jalen Brown maybe even a Bradley Beal, somebody like that. Uh, but I do I do want to touch on the Vols prospects for a second. I, I To me, I think I, I've watched all their games. Kennedy Chandler, I think, is just – he's a really skilled uh, college point guard, but I, I just – I think his size is going to be a problem once he gets to the NBA. Um, if he could maybe come in and, and Tyus sticks around and learn how he can uh, kind of use some of the tools that Tyus has shown – um, to be in that backup point guard role maybe in a couple of years, but I, I don't really trust his size. <laughs> and I don't know how, how serious you guys were, but I don't think this this uh, Josiah Jordan-James shooting stretch is going to continue. I've, I've seen it for a couple of years. I, I don't know if he's got that long term in him. Um, so I think uh, going back to what Isaac was saying, I think the move is going to be um, consolidating those picks, which I'm really glad that they hung on to, especially with the way the Lakers are looking right now. And even the jazz, um, you know, it's going to be towards the back end of that first round, but I think that that still has some value. If you can package, um, the picks together and move up for somebody, uh, I'll tell you one guy who might fit in pretty well with this team, somebody who definitely this team already has been keeping an eye on and, you know, may have, some familiarity with the area is, is uh, Ivy out of uh, Purdue. Um, that kid's been been on a tear. He uh, he really took over. There was about a five minute stretch in that Illinois game the other night. He really took over, and maybe that and that's a guy who's definitely moved up a lot of draft boards. So that's somebody they're gonna have to trade up to go get. But I think he's a guy that could be really interesting as a you know a switchable guard. <clears throat> or wing, whatever he ends up being uh, long-term in the NBA. But I think they have given themselves the opportunity. Like, they're, they're kind of playing with house money at this point, how well they played and getting – if they ended the season uh, as that three seed, I think that's more than any of us would have expected at the beginning of the season. So I think that they decided, well, we, we're just going to play this out, see how we do in the postseason. And those guys that aren't going to be able to – uh, be on the floor during the postseason, that's going to get exposed. And I think they'll go from there because the postseason and having a top six uh, seed going forward is going to be what the expectations are after this season. So I think that's when they're going to make their big move. Is just- yeah, mentioning that big move. And 
I think it's good to already know that you have something ready to go if that's the type of move you want to make because it's great to talk about Jalen Brown. Um, it's great to talk about these types of names that you'd like to prioritize. Like if Utah loses in the first round, and with all these reports that have been talked about, how Donovan Mitchell doesn't see himself there long term, do you envision a Donovan Mitchell in Memphis? Do you envision a Jalen Brown in Memphis? But the Grizzlies will be able to get Malcolm Brogdon if they want him before the 2022 NBA draft, especially with the three draft picks that they are projected to have. I say projected because the Lakers are crapping the bed so badly right now that I'm beginning to wonder if the Grizzlies are going to have three draft picks in this draft. But I think Malcolm Brogdon, since the Pacers are in the midst of the draft, he's somebody the Grizzlies can very easily acquire with the assets they have, probably without even moving Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks to be able to level up the roster and to take that next step. And I love how you mentioned Jaden Ivey because why have one job a rat when you could potentially <laughs> have two? Yeah, you know, that makes sense to me. But as we've already talked about, you've got this evaluation period right here in front of you right now. And it's okay to not do anything now at the trade deadline because you're riding the vibes, you're riding the way things are going, but you're going to get to see exactly, and Parker, I think you mentioned this a few minutes ago, you're going to get to see exactly where this team is at in the postseason. You're going to get to see exactly where the needs are, what needs to be addressed in order for the team to take the next step in contention, and they will have all the tools and assets at their disposal to be able to address that need when the time comes. You don't want to delay addressing that need. It's fine to let the roster and the rotation grow organically, but you don't want to be like Boston, who had the opportunity to trade for Kawhi Leonard, the opportunity to trade for Paul George, um, Anthony Davis at one time, Jimmy Butler, and they didn't do any of those things. And then once they finally made the Eastern Conference Finals and they were ready to cash in their chips, they traded for a worse and more erratic player than all of those guys, Kyrie Irving. And it wasn't enough to push them over the hump eventually. So you this this summer needs to be the time when they start to catch in those chips. And it'll be really interesting to see how that happens. Guys, I got to bounce. It's been real. It's been good. Appreciate you, Parker. Yep. Thank you for bouncing. I mean, thank you for joining. Um, well, I, I do want to say one thing. I, I might even uh, – I don't know if I want to end the pod on this, but we're talking about these big moves and stuff. And, you know, for that matter, we don't know if a guy like Jalen Brown or Bradley Beal it's thrown out there. And just with the long few cents, I want to toss this out there. Like Brad Beal, you know, he's entering this offseason. He could be a free agent. He could opt in. We don't know. Um, the the Wizards doing what they did, it's kind of um, interesting is not the right word. I don't know what they're doing, to be honest. But let's say Bradley Beal, he wants to um, reunite with his AAU teammate, fellow St. Louis native uh, Jason Tatum in Boston. And let's say it takes a uh, Jalen Brown kind of package to do so. Um, But Washington wants to rebuild. Maybe you kind of get this three-team trade where you get Bradley Beal to Boston, a rebuilding package from different assets from the Grizzlies and Wizards, or Grizzlies and Celtics going to the Wizards, and then the Grizzlies get Jalen Brown. I, I wouldn't cross out something like that happening, uh, especially with how the landscape of the league is going. And also, too, I, I just think there's – I don't know if any of y'all have uh, uh, paid attention to this, but uh, there's been way too many tea leaves out there for 
uh, the Grizzlies making a big move this summer, and even some of it being Jalen Brown. I mean, I've seen Zach Woe and Kendra Perkins both mentioned saying like the Grizzlies need to go get Jalen Brown or make make some calls about Jalen Brown. You hear Adrian Wojnarowski and Mark Stein saying to watch out for Memphis this summer, and just with the bountiful assets that they have, why why not dream that big? And I think that's the the big part of this. Whether it's in the season with the vibes being so good, um, and as Zach Kleiman said in his uh, presser playing at times, he doesn't want to put a limit on his team. Just both with what's going on this season and with the possibilities down the road because they didn't do anything now. You can kind of dream big. I, I think this is a time where you can dream big. And you know what? Now it's just kind of like a wait and see. Um, yes, Joe, dream, you freaking dreamers. I, I will stamp that on the the podcast title or the podcast description, whatever. But I'm going to stop talking. But uh, Sean, Isaac, Matt, y'all have anything else that y'all want to add before I conclude here? I was just going to say real quickly that I, you know, we, we've talked about it several different places, but at the end of the day, it's February, right? You know, hey, if the Grizzlies play in June, man, that will be awesome. But five months from now, when it's July, and the Grizzlies have made it to the first round, they made it to the second round, they make it to the Western Conference final. That is absolutely fantastic. But the reason that I say this season has already been successful is that at the end of the day, whenever our season ends, if it ends with an NBA championship, absolutely fantastic. But the point I'm getting at is this. If it falls short of a championship, whether we lost in the first, the second, or third round, it's going to sting when we lose. It'll sting for a short period of time. But us losing in either the first or the second round, which is the most likely outcome, The overall impact of that is going to be very minimal to the fact that going into this offseason and going into next season, we're going to already see it out there that we're going to end this season with a 22-year-old point guard who's going to be all-NBA at some level, a 22-year-old big man who's going to be all-NBA defensive at some level, and a 24-year-old shooting guard who is arguably a top-10, top-5 shooter in the league. That Right there, that trio and the level that they have reached at such a young age as a trio, that is the overall narrative that is as real as it possibly can get and is the most exciting takeaway from this season, and it's already established. And with that being said, you now can take your assets and add to that. That's already been established. That's why this season is successful, and that's why it's going to be great to see what's going to happen but we've already been put in the best position we possibly could be, and we are in good position to make the most. I did not know where that assets line was going to go, and I'm glad it went that direction instead. But Isaac, Matt, y'all have anything else y'all want to add before I uh, shut this room off? No, man, just eloquently said, Sean. Uh, I agree with, with all the points you made there, and I just think the special part about this is that this team is already – has the third best record in the West and have opportunity. We don't know where this thing is going to end, like what the ceiling is for this team. We could possibly catch a couple of breaks in up in the Western conference finals, win a championship, who knows? And the fact that that's a possibility and you still know that there's big moves to be made this summer. I just think that makes this extremely fun. Um, like Sean said, it's, it's going to sting whenever they do lose in the playoffs, but you have, 
I think a, a fantastic summer to look forward to where they're going to build on, on, on whatever it is, wherever this thing ends. And I think that's going to be the fun part about it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Matt, what, what's up, man? Yeah, I was just going to say, uh, I think the future is super bright and the present is a lot of fun. So I think we just got to continue to, to uh, enjoy this season. But yeah, I mean, they they're loaded up with all kinds of assets and uh, I think it's going to be a big summer for them. And this is really just the beginning of what this, um, you know, next wave of Grizzlies basketball is going to look like for the next couple of years. So really exciting time. Absolutely, for sure. Everyone, thanks for joining uh, for for those that stuck through to, to the beginning, thank you for getting through me attempting to monologue for like 10 minutes until other people joined. But you know what? We'll do this again. I had a lot of fun. I hope you all did too. I'll take it easy. Let the vibe stay good.